It's FM 104's Switched On Ireland take on Romania on September 9th in the Rugby World Cup. There is, though, the small matter of facing a now-included Owen Farrell's England on Saturday in a second home Rugby World Cup warm-up match before they head to Ireland and do have one more World Cup warm-up before uh, the Rugby World Cup starts. I'm pleased to, to say that I'm now joined by digital sports journalist with the son, Simon Maguire. Simon, hello, how are you? Not too bad, Karen. How are you getting on? You well? I'm not too bad at all, not too bad at all. You woke up to the news, uh, or probably went to bed with the news of Owen Farrell yesterday. Can we start off there? He's going to be free to face Ireland uh, on Saturday, free to play now in the, the Rugby World Cup, barring any massive uh, inputs from World Rugby themselves. A full Australian panel cleared on Farrell of the red card. What do you make of that, first of all? Uh, surprised, very, very surprised. I think this isn't his first time. You know, he had to go to tackle school uh, earlier on this year or the end of last year. And then, you know, it, it was a red card and it's, it's worthy of a ban. There's been a lot of um, kickback in the decision. I think World Rugby and even Six Nations who look after these autumn um, or the summer international warm-up games are looking at it as well. I don't think we've heard the end of this Alan Farrell story just yet. Yeah, I've seen he's missed 11 matches before because of three incidents similar enough, you know, to bad tackles. And like, first of all, when I when I saw the story, I was like, okay, is this a full English team that are after clearing him here? But no, it was a full Australian team, an all-Australian panel. I thought he was facing at least a six-week suspension. Um, And there's just nothing so far. Do you expect it to be overturned by World Rugby? I do, I do. I, I can't see them letting this one slide. I heard Matt Dawson talking earlier that he does he will be actively encouraging his sons not to play rugby on the basis of this ruling. Uh, I don't think it sets a good precedence going forward. I don't understand it. I don't think a lot of fans understand it. And, I mean, it's not his first time. You know, this is his third or fourth time, you know, getting done for a high tackle. So, like, I really can't understand it. I think World Rugby will look at it again. Does it give two fingers to the uh, the previous rulings on head-to-head high tackles it kind of does i mean you also let's kind of bring the johnny sexton thing in here he, he said a couple of choice words to officials got a three-match ban and a suspended fine Owen farrell you know concussed a guy with a very high shot and is back playing so where's the balance here what's the plan you know world rugby have talked about reducing the tackle height they really should be going in you know excuse the football parlance but two-footed here and giving him a serious yeah. ban. Not because he's English, not because he's Owen Farrell, not because the World Cup is coming up. But, I mean, how many times do players have to be told, tackle lower? Yeah, exactly. At some point, there's going to be a massive, massive serious injury here. And, I mean, like, Owen Farrell himself, he could injure himself doing this as well. Um, but, surely, has he got to go back to tackle school again? No, he just needs a serious ban. You know, I mean, there's only tackle school. I mean, he's been playing rugby all his career. He's a professional. The, the yeah. idea of tackle school is, you know, for underage kids and stuff like that. I just can't get my head around what's going on at the moment. I don't think a lot of players, fans, ex-players can get a, get their heads around it either. Um, but look, he's free to play against Ireland in our final home uh, rugby World Cup warm-up match, I suppose is the only way uh, to call these games. Uh, not that the Irish fans need a panto villain, but uh, he'll probably play on Saturday and he will be that panto villain, I'm sure, for 80 minutes for uh, pretty much a sold out of Eva Stadium. Funnily enough, if Steve Borthwick is really thinking ahead, he might play somebody else just in case Owen Farrell does get retrospectively banned. Um, because we know what Owen Farrell can do, you know, when he's not uh, tackling people too high. He's a fantastic player and he's kind of the driving force behind that team. I, he, they don't necessarily need to play him this weekend. Why not give somebody else a run out just in case World Rugby do look at this incident again? 
Do you think that the, uh, so to talk about Ireland now, we'll get away from making it for a little bit, talk about Ireland, the fact that Johnny Sexton is not allowed playing these three warm-up games, is that going to help Ireland in the long run? Absolutely. The best thing that could ever happen was uh, <laughs> getting a couple of games off. He doesn't need, we know what he can do. You know, he, we start our tournament off against uh, Romania and then Tonga, so he can ease himself in, if you want to use that phrase. We like let, let Jack Crowley and Ross Byrne get some more game time and kind of fight it out for his understudy role. Uh, I don't think Johnny Sexton needs to be involved in these games, really. And, you know, it's not like we're playing South Africa first up on the first weekend. So, no, I, I don't think he's going to be too concerned. No more Johnny Sexton in green on Irish soil. Do you think there's a kind of a testimonial type thing going to happen after the World Cup or will that just be it after the World Cup is done? You know, I never thought about that because he kind of missed his Leinster go- going away as well, getting injured. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's just focus on winning the World Cup and we can celebrate Johnny's career afterwards. What, 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 okay, what are we thinking, uh, Rugby World Cup? Are we going out at the uh, quarterfinal stage again? I mean, Romania, Tonga, they all seem fine. South Africa, Scotland, and then we're on the horrible side of the draw then after that if we do come through the uh, the group stages. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the quarterfinal thing is just, it, it's kind of a team that, uh, a thing that kind of beats every Irish team going into a World Cup. Like, we have a horrendous uh, record in World Cups, but... As of right now, you know, we're the form team and we're rugby. We're, we're number one, rightly so, not because of some quirk of a fixture somewhere. We've backed it up. We've only lost two games in the last two years, away to France and away to New Zealand, and we've avenged those two losses. We're the Grand Slam champions. We went down to New Zealand and beat them in their own patch, and it's only happened for the third time ever. I think there's a confidence in this team now where it's, you know, I mean, not only win a quarterfinal, but win a semi-final and win the World Cup. That's the goal. Not not getting past the quarterfinal is the goal. And I think um, the mentality that Andy Farrell has driven into the entire squad is is remarkable. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what they do. And look, if you want to win the World Cup, you have to beat the best. So let's just go out and do it, you know? You've you you've confidence that, that we can do that with, the, with this group of players? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be some very close games. I wasn't too keen on playing France at home, but now with Intermac out... Um, you know, talk, you talk about warm-up games and what you don't want to happen. Uh, you know, Intermac was a huge loss to France. I think that brings that game even, tilts that game to our advantage now if we ever play France. I think, you know, we have a two-week break between the Scotland and South Africa games, which is huge. So we don't play, you know, five tough games back-to-back. We do have a break there. And, yeah, I, th- I think he's developed a squad that's... You look at the Scotland game in Murrayfield this year, we lost... What do we lose? Like five players in 20 minutes. We had Josh van der Fleer thrown into the line out. Keen Healy coming on as hooker. And Scotland didn't score for 53 minutes at home in what was probably supposed to be their best team in God knows how long. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're going to go out. All Guns Bay is in France and we'll see what happens. These World Cup games, they have been traditionally quite a bit of a hassle for Ireland. I mean, we have decided we're going to go and play a Rugby World Cup game uh, in France as well. Um, <laughs> which... Didn't turn out all too well for Brian O'Driscoll. I think the last time we did that, are you watching with kind of from behind your fingers at every single play in one of these World Cup games? Because anything can go wrong, and we're only a couple of weeks away from the start of the tournament. The the warm up games, yeah, no, I I look forward to Ireland internationals all the time, except pre World Cup warm ups. There's it's a no win situation. There's, you're always worried about somebody getting injured. You might even go back to David Wallace. Funny enough, getting injured against England in the Aviva before the 2011 World Cup. Uh, yeah, Brian O'Driscoll, that Bayonne thing, he was very lucky he broke his jaw or his eye socket or something. He was just about ready for it. You know, uh, you need to get them up to full fitness, of course. And this is going to be a 
you know, a fully blown test match against England at home. It's almost a sellout at the Aviva. I think there's only a couple of tickets left. Mm. And England have a point to prove themselves. Not so much about beating Ireland or beating the world number one team, but they've had a pretty been pretty patchy in the form for the last two years, so they could do it a good win in Dublin to set them on their way. Do we think it's going to be a strong enough Irish side then on Saturday? Uh, Andy Farrell names a side tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I would be expecting a fairly strong team, given the experience they had in the last World Cup warm-ups in 2019. When they went to t- Twickenham after a, a tough training week in Portugal and got hockeyed off the park, and they never really recovered from that loss, uh, I think he'll put out a fairly strong team. I'm not sure if it'll be absolutely the the, the top team, but very close to it. And Keith Earls will uh, were in his 100 cap on Saturday. Any chance he leads out the team then for that? Will Andy Farrell give him that honour? I think so. I think so because they saw the quotes today. Andy Farrell said, "This isn't a normal week. Enjoy it." Uh, unless he's an awful tease, I'm guessing Keith Earls is going to be playing this weekend. And more than likely, yeah, I think he might get the honorary captaincy role, yeah. And do we think then, this so the final World Cup game uh, against uh, Samoa in Biarritz, is that going to be, that, that, surely to God, that's not going to be a very strong Irish side so close to the tournament? Is that more of a getting in, like a training match more than an actual test match? No, I think Andy Farrell's going to name his World Cup squad after that game. I think that will be the final run out for a couple of guys. And of course, Jack Conan is coming back from injury. He needs to get a game as well to see where he's at. So I think that will be the fringe players, the the players who are on the, you know, on the cut line, essentially. And that will be the way he decides, more than likely. And I see Keen Healy has come out as well and said that he has no, uh, he's not going to retire after this uh, Rugby World Cup, which I think many people thought he may do. So it uh, looks like we're going to see Keen Healy for a couple more years yet anyway. Quite possibly. But you never know. I mean, if they go on and do what we what, what we hope they will do, he might go, actually, you know what, now's the time to go. So, But, I mean, he, he keeps himself in incredible shape. It's remarkable to think he's been going this long. And if he keeps going, maybe he'll keep going for Leinster and put the Irish stuff out just in terms of to keep playing. But you never know. This World Cup win could be like, you know what, I've, I've had enough now. And you went to the, uh, you were at the 2011 World Cup in New Zealand. What was that like to, to be at a, a major tournament like that? Disappointment, obviously, for Ireland at the end of it, but talk to me a little bit about the actual tournament itself and what it was like. Well, I went down as a fan. I wasn't working in the sports media at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience. I mean, I went for the year, not just necessarily for the World Cup, but the World Cup was the anchor of the trip. Um, Yeah, I mean, we went into that World Cup not playing really well, and all of a sudden we beat Australia. And I think the New Zealanders took us as their second team then. But what happened then was we, we threw Australia over to the other side of the draw and we really shook up how the World Cup was going to materialise and it ended up with a Northern Hemisphere team in the final. Unfortunately, not ourselves, as we crashed out at another quarter-final stage. But to be fair, in that particular game against Wales, I think we were tactically outplayed. Sean Edwards and Warren Gatland just got us and, you know, we got done and that was it. It was our own fault, nobody else to blame. Super atmosphere, though, I'd say, for uh, for all the Irish games. Yeah, in particular in, in, in Eden Park when we played Australia. And then it really, it really kind of kicked on from there. Uh, and get, as well, the Italy game in Dunedin in the uh, kind of indoor arena they have there, uh, a magnificent stadium. I've, I've always wanted Ireland to build one here somewhere, you know, where we have an indoor arena like that. It's uh, the Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin. It's it's magnificent. But, yeah, no. Well, look, we, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we have uh, we have two major stadiums that only have three sides. So uh, looking for a roof on one, I think, is... Uh... Is looking for something that may not happen. Yeah. You think it wouldn't be too difficult? Well, I think the knock-on effects of, uh, not to be going off piece a little bit, but the knock-on effects of having a an indoor arena, let's say somewhere like in Galway, you know, you're, you're not just talking international rugby games, but you can look at concerts and festivals and maybe a sevens leg. 
you could host the Connacht team there, Galway United could play. I mean, you could really make an arena work all year round, and not just for the odd Ireland match, you know? No, I think that's un- it's a, it's a very good thing. I think we need to get behind that, to be fair. Okay, Ireland, England, half five in Aviva Stadium on Saturday, then our very first uh, World Cup game of the uh, 2023 World Cup then is on Saturday the 9th of September. That's against Romania. Digital sports journalist for the Irish Sun, Simon Maguire. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Karen. All the best.